it is uh, seven minutes after 10 o'clock. Brian, I'm getting uh, requests for the Christmas pickle. Can oh, we, you uh, are. Yes, we can. Uh-huh. Get that ready for uh, maybe a quarter after or so. Okay. All right. We will play it. Um, we, it it's an annual thing. We do it uh, twice every Christmas season because I lost complete control of my faculties um, and made Again. fun. Yeah, that, sadly, it happens often, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Brian. Good friend. Um, all right, we, we've got uh, some other things that I want to uh, want to get to today. Uh, I'm going to do this uh, story that has nothing to do with politics. I, 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 I read this, um, and I think Brian and I are both like <laughs> stunned about this. First, uh, it, it, and this is uh, the, uh, the kid named after the ex. Uh, do you think this is real, Brian? What are you looking at again? Uh, this post that says, uh, my wife named our son after her first love. Oh, I think that's possible. Yeah. It's in the New York Post, and I'm not sure if this was some kind of a joke or what, but here it is. This is uh, my throwaway account, uh, the author writes, because his wife knows about his main account. He said, my son is five years old. About two days ago, we were out shopping and ran into a high school friend of my wife's. She was catching up when she told her friend that we had a son. When the old friend asked his name, my wife hesitated. So I told her the kid's name. She had a strange look on her face and then said, you mean like your ex-boyfriend? Our son's name, he writes, is so very unique to the point that I've never met another person with the same name. Now, she refuses to talk to me about it. I feel betrayed and disgusted with her. It's like a switch was flipped in my mind, and I just can't look at her the same way. Wow. So imagine you find out you had a five-year-old son, and you find out that this kid was certainly named after your wife's ex. Or it could be the other way around. It could be your daughter named after your husband's ex. Uh, I don't know, Brian. I <laughs> would you file for a divorce on those grounds? No, I, I, <laughs> I, I certainly would have a good long discussion. You know, at some point, you. I mean, you need to talk about it. Well, that you know what that message would be. At least I think the message is. I so much am still in love with this guy. Uh, that's what she's saying. That. I've named our son after him. Yeah. And if she's that much in love with this guy, yeah, divorce. Go get him. I'm keeping the kid, but you go get him. <laughs> I'm, is it, am I overreacting? Would you, how would you respond if this happened to you? Man. Ladies, imagine that uh, your daughter you discover is named after your husband's uh High school sweetheart. Or guys, if you found out your son was named after your wife's uh, ex-boyfriend. D- isn't the message still in love with the other person? Love that person so much, named a kid after him? I, I think that's what the message is. I'd be, I'd be inclined to say go get him. Or go get her. Whatever. 874 9390 800 529 5572 or 
You can go to GaryNolan.com, send me a message. It'll pop up here in studio, uh, and I'll have uh, some indication of which way you'd go. Is it is it salvageable? I don't even know. Don't forget about the kid in this, too. I mean, it's often you get emotional about, you know, naming a kid after what could be an ex-boyfriend, and all well, of a sudden... This sounds pretty surely uh, the kid's okay. name is so odd. But I, what I'm saying is that this is going to cause some trauma for the kid. You know, when his dad says, okay, I'm out of here. Well, so is, so is the trauma of living in a miserable household where, you know, the parents aren't talking. Trust me, not good. Not good. Uh, let me get the phones. 800-529-5572 or 874-9390. If you're local, you can go to GaryNolan.com. Send me a message there. Art, good morning. You find out good that morning. your son was named after your wife's ex lover uh, well i almost did that i uh my wife and i were getting ready to have our daughter yeah and uh i i told my wife i said let's name her tanya dawn and it's a pretty name i thought and uh she found out that it was an old girlfriend's name of mine and uh, she kind of said nah i don't think so yeah, with good reason, then, don't you think? Well, well, but it was a pretty name. Yeah, well, how would you, you know, feel if, if uh, her ex-boyfriend had a, a peculiar name and she named your son after him? Well, now, that might be a different story. Yeah, you'd feel betrayed. <laughs> no, I, uh, she, she, she pretty much told me that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure when she found out, that's exactly what she did. All yeah, right. she, she, she let me know. Uh, yeah, I'll bet. All right, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. But I bet he was told in no uncertain terms, too. <laughs> you want to name her what? Oh, that would be, that's just, that is the ultimate betrayal. Naming some, oh, no, not, you don't, you just don't do that. You just, that's, that's wrong on a variety of levels. I'm going to find out what you think. Uh, I'll, I'll wait for some, um, the right phone calls on the right topics to come in. 800-529-5572 or 874-9390. But imagine what it would be like to wake up and realize that your progeny, your son or your daughter was named after your spouse's ex-lover. I mean, she or he apparently still has strong feelings for the ex. Otherwise, that would never have happened. You know, when you talk about naming the kid, I mean, there's discussions that a husband and wife have. You know, what are we going to name the kid? And if she just comes out arbitrarily and says this name, wouldn't you say, why, why that? Well, she could easily say, "I like that name," uh, and and you know, this is it. Just has a sweet sound, and I. That's why I came up with it. You wouldn't you wouldn't know unless uh, this particular circumstance cropped up, and I would think that would be the ultimate betrayal. Go away! I think it's I. I'm not sure that uh, you know if that happened. I'm not sure that I could put that relationship back together again. That'd be like Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall. Uh, Mary is, well, well, there we go. Mary, good morning. 
Well, how would you feel if that happened to you? Hello. Mary? Mary? Yes, hello. Hi, I can barely hear you. I'm turning myself up. Hang on. Can you hear me better now? I can hear you better now. Okay, great. Well, I was just going to say that maybe she just liked the name. And so I think where she went wrong was it was maybe telling her husband, I used to date this guy. I really love the name. And so um, I'd like to use the name. And then he could yay or nay it. But um, but it may be nothing more than just it was an unusual name that she liked. You know? Uh, all right. Well, let me, let, me, let me put the shoe on the other foot. Are you married? Yes, by right. Your husband, uh, you and your husband are having a child. <laughs> You're doing all the work. Um, <laughs> and uh, you have a little girl, little bouncing baby girl. And he says, uh, I want to call her uh, Macadamia. Um, <laughs> and you think, well, that's a strange name. Yeah, but I like the name. Five years later, you find out that, you know, the love of his life was Macadamia. Yeah, I think it would all come. Yeah, I think it comes down to the five years later. I think if it was up front, and and he was like, "This gal was crazy. I, you know, I I broke up with her. I don't like her anymore." But I always thought that was the most awesome name. I don't know that that would bother. I mean, Macadamia is a crazy name. So yeah, it's that's nuts, a hard isn't it? one to swallow. And I like traditional names, and so there'd be that give and take. But I think it's all about the finding out in that horrible way. When you told the story about from a, I mean that's the the deal break trust trust deal breaker to would me you, a name a name, a name. Would, if mean, that if that scenario unfolded would you go for a divorce? Oh gosh, um, I don't know. I've been married thirty five years. I mean that you put you know I don't know. I think I'd feel pretty betrayed, you know. So I mean I think it's uh, yeah. I, gosh, I don't know that that alone would would make me want to go for divorce, but I'd sure want to know the why behind it, you know? So, uh, it would definitely give me some pause. I'll say that. Would he be sleeping in the guest room? I think that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mary, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan show. Yeah. Five years later, you find that out. I don't know. That's, that's a big betrayal. Uh, if you ask me, uh, let me see what I got here. Chris says, uh, I don't know if the name of the son, would be that big of a deal, but I'd like to see a picture of the old boyfriend. If the kid resembles him, <laughs> then it's a big problem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, let's see. Uh, first step should be for the husband to get DNA test. Boy, you people really think <laughs> uh, get a DNA test of the son to be certain it's his. Second step is to rename the son. He's only two. No, he's five. He's actually five, not two. Uh, and likely not remember. Wow, their minds went right, yeah, they right did. for the gold, didn't they? Holy moly! All right, got to take a, a, a quick break here, but uh, when we come back, uh, we've got uh, some more serious topics and one really frustrating topic from from my neck of the woods back home in Ohio. We'll tell you about that one next on the Gary Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network. The stupidity of gun laws, that's coming up uh, probably in the next half hour. Brian and I were chatting, uh, as we often do uh, during the breaks, because I brought up earlier in the program, when talking about polling data, that I didn't think Biden was going to be the nominee of the Democratic Party. And I got friends of mine, uh, and some of them uh, are guests on this program, who who agree. Uh, Murray Sabrin uh, comes to mind, uh, economics professor who's convinced that Biden is not going to be the nominee. 
So that led me to to wonder how they're going to get rid of Joe Biden. How are the Democrats going to unload? So I guess the first question is, do you think Biden will be the nominee of the party? And if not, how do you think they're going to unload Biden to get to, you know, Governor Hairdo or whomever they choose? I don't think he's going to be the nominee of the party. There are a couple of different ways they can get rid of him. One of them, one of them would be an outright betrayal, uh, an unmasked, blatant betrayal. Uh, it would be, look, your numbers are tanking. You're in the hole. We're not going to support you. Bow out. Get out while the getting's good. Now they, they can't hide behind, oh, well, we were convinced he was the right guy, and we stood up to it. It's just, you suck canal water, you're toast. They could also get rid of him by kind of letting the Republicans have all the rope they need to hang him. And then come out and say, oh, man, um, you've uncovered this, and uh, it's unacceptable. He's got to go. And let him get impeached and removed from office. How do you think they're going to get rid of Biden? And do you think he's actually going to be the uh, nominee of the Democratic Party? When you look at those polling numbers that we talked about earlier in the program, when we talked about you know how he's getting hammered by Nikki Haley, he's getting hammered by uh, uh, President Trump. Uh, do you think they're going to let him run? Do you think they're going to stop him? And if so, how? 874-9390-800-529-5572. Or go to GaryNolan.com. Uh, let me know what you think. Brian, how do you think he's going to go? You, you, you're kind of convinced he's not going to be the nominee, yeah, right? Yeah, I am. I don't think he's going to be the nominee. I suggest the Democrats and the Republicans both have a backup in place in case their leaning candidates have some... You know, some unexpected event arise. I think it would be in both parties' best interest to say, hey, in the event Trump is in jail and there's a, you know, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. But, you know, by the looks of things, Biden has some splaining to do with all these revelations of money that came from uh, different sources that he still hadn't explained. Hey, how come this person is sending the family checks of uh, different amounts, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's going to blow up in his face, and they're going to end up. So you think the Democrats are going to let the Republicans run uh, w and get enough rope to hang him with? Yeah, pretty much. They're not going to pressure him to step down I on don't their think own? So. I don't think they'll have to. All right, let me get some phone calls in here. Uh, Tom, good morning. Do you think he's going to be the nominee of the party? Nope. How do, you how do you think the Democrats get rid of him? Well, let me preface this by saying that I thought he would uh, disappear during the 2020 election. And uh, I thought all kinds of crazy things, even drafting Hillary, uh, if they couldn't find someone else suitable. Of course, that didn't happen. So I'm admittedly a uh, uh, long-thinking person. But having said that, I think... He's got another year to be president, and I don't think he wants to appear 
any more uh, politically impotent than what he already is. So he's going to hang in there as long as he can so that um, he can come to grips with the fact of his failing health and use that as a direct reason and then offer uh, support to whomever. And that looks like Newsom at this point. So you think he's going to... You think he's going to, to clarify, step down on his own. He'll wake up to the fact that he's just not up to the task uh, physically, um, if not mentally, uh, and well, say, look. I, what uh, goes on behind the scenes, who knows? But uh, I, I think that uh, he he will um, uh, basically say, no, I'm not running uh, in the end. That That's pretty much it. Is that good news or bad news? For the country. Um, well, I'd like to say I hope it's good news. Who knows? We've been through so much the last 8, 12 years. Uh, who's to say anything anymore? Yeah, I will say it's not good news. I want him to run again. I want I him to run. Yeah, I understand that. I would agree with that uh, perspective. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. Mike. Thank you, Tom. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, let's see. Steve sent a message. I would rather... Oh, this is on the kid. I'd rather my wife name our kid after an ex than after a Democrat or Republican, for that matter. Must be one of my people. Uh, time, Brian? I got a minute left here or so? Yes, you got plenty of time. All right. Ed, good morning. Do you think Biden is going to be the nominee? Um... Probably he needs to hang in office long enough to pardon Hunter. So you think he's going to try and hang on just to pardon Hunter? Yeah, I would if I were him. Yeah, if it were my son, I suppose I I would too. So you think he is going to be the nominee? Yes. All right. Ed, that's good logic. There's nothing wrong with that thinking. I appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. So Ed makes a valid point. If a Republican comes in, does he pardon Hunter Biden? Man, that'll that's going to look odd. So the only chance Hunter Biden could have would be if Dad is in the White House and pardons him. Maybe then he steps down. There's... You know, there's a there's a big gamble here. Uh, he and the Democrats would be gambling that he can win in spite of lousy poll numbers and screwing the pooch on every topic you can think of. Long enough, he'll say to pardon Hunter, you know, we'll keep this under wraps because he promised he wouldn't do that. And then step down. Be curious to see who is, you know, if he changes his VP candidate, because if he steps down, you he. Yee. Yeah, I'm thinking if he steps down, the VP, uh, the VP becomes the president, uh, President Harris. That's not a real pretty picture either. No, it's not. Uh, do you think Biden will be the nominee or not? And if not, how do you think they get rid of him? Give me a call. Let me know what you think. Or go to GaryNolan.com. Send me a message. It is the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. 
10.35, glad to have you with us at 11, uh, 11.05 or so. Uh, we are going to have the news god of Zimmer Radio on the program. Talk about a murder uh, that happened over the weekend. In the meantime, talking about Joe Biden, do you think he will be the nominee of the Democratic Party? It's amazing that it's even an issue. It Really, I, I can't remember when we've had a case this bad. Even Jimmy Carter, it was pretty much... You know, yeah. It, it, the reason it, it wasn't such a big deal with Jimmy Carter is because he was not physically and mentally deteriorating in front of our very eyes. Joe Biden is. And it's only going to get worse. So I'm pretty sure that the Democrats are going to have to find a way to get rid of him. The question is, do you believe that, too? And if you do, how do you think they get rid of him? What's their out? They don't want to appear to be betraying him, but they've got to get rid of him. And they've got to do, they've got to make a move pretty soon. Part of me thinks maybe they're just going to let this Hunter Biden, Joe Biden uh, impeachment inquiry take him down. Uh, and they get rid of him that way. But there may be backdoor pressure. You know, that's that's what got Nixon out. The Republicans went to the White House and told Nixon, look, this gets to the Senate. We're not going to support you. You're going to be toast. You better step down. And he did. Uh, But one caller pointed out Hunter Biden is a problem for Joe Biden. He may need his father to be in the White House. Maybe his father will pursue the White House just so he can pardon Hunter Biden in spite of promises to the contrary. Where do you stand? I mean, it's kind of a confusing thing. You can call me or you can go to GaryNolan.com and uh, send me a message. In the meantime, I'm going to go to the phones, 800-529-5572. Vic is on the line. Good morning. Good morning, Gary. I don't. I believe uh, Biden will be the nominee because uh, I don't see anything that's really changed in our election process from uh, 2020. Do you? Well, he's he's been in office and done a horrible job and looks worse every day. And I think that's different. Do votes really matter? Yeah, I think they do. Uh, I'm not saying there was no cheating, but I don't know that there was enough cheating to, to do all this. Well, if there was cheating, I mean... There was obviously fraud, and and if if nothing has changed before twenty twenty four, I don't see I don't see why there just won't be another repetition of uh, Joe just uh, sitting in his basement and uh, basically collecting votes. But uh, on another hand, I, I was wondering when Joe Biden's going to be forced to pay his fair share. I mean, he, they say he paid for all of his homes, these multi million dollar homes, with cash. And uh, we're, how come the IRS isn't going after him instead of going after Hunter? I mean, well, Hunter could ridiculous. lead. Hunter could lead to that. Um, the, when when Hunter is on the hot seat and has to answer, uh, yeah, and has to talk about where to, the why does it have to go to Hunter first? Where where is where well, is the documentation that, that Joe paid for these? How how did a guy just on a senator's salary? pay for all these multi-million dollar homes. If you listen to him, it's his uh, book sales. Yeah, well, I don't really, I don't, I don't really trust him anymore. Uh, I trust him any less. I couldn't. Right. All right. 
Uh, all right, Vic, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, PJ Media says it doesn't take a genius to figure out Joe Biden's campaign's in real trouble. Approval ratings garbage. Americans think he's too old, not mentally fit to be president. Real clear politics average. He loses in general election matchups against Trump, DeSantis, and Haley. Naturally, the Biden campaign has decided to unleash its secret weapon, and it's Hillary Clinton. Yeah, she was out supporting him. But I don't think they're going to switch to her. Bob, good morning. Do you think they're going to drop him somehow? No, I think Jill's going to euthanize him in his sleep one time and uh, save his legacy. <laughs> Secret Service will be at your door. and No, I don't think that uh, she's going to do that. Um, I don't know. How else you going to save that name? So we'll get a morning for him. Thanks, Gary. All right. Take care. Glad to have you in the Gary Nolan Show. Um, let's see here. We're getting messages all over the place. And there we go. Um, I, um, I have a, a, a post that a listener had up uh, on Facebook that I found troubling because it was at Forbes magazine. And it's a picture of a monkey holding cash in his hands. It's a meme. And it says, if a monkey hoarded more bananas than it could eat, while most of the other monkeys starved, scientists would study that monkey to figure out what was wrong with it. When humans do it, we put them on the cover of Forbes. You talk about some stinking thinking. <laughs> you know, this is... Whoever came up with this meme has no understanding of economics. And I'm afraid most Americans don't. It's not an exciting topic when you're in class. No, nobody is looking at uh, you know classes that are available and go, Oh, economics, that sounds like fun. No, that, that doesn't happen. But the argument is that these wealthy people are hoarding their money and keeping everybody else from using their money. They've got more than they need. They should be giving it up. The insanity of that belies this lack of understanding in economics. They have to do something with that money. And there's nothing they can do with that money that isn't good for the economy. They're almost, it's almost impossible for the richest people in the country to not help everybody else. And the fact that they've earned this money doesn't mean that they've taken it from you. This... This is the argument of the left and people who don't understand economics. You got a, you got uh, you know 10 billion dollars. You couldn't spend 10 billion dollars in your lifetime. Uh, it's just a humongous amount of money. And we've got people with worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Elon Musk is worth in excess of 100 million dollars. So their arguing is their argument is He's got all that money. He can't possibly use it. 
There are only so many houses you can have, so many boats you can have, so many planes and cars. We should have access to that money. What they don't understand is that what he does with that money, no matter what he does with that money, it's good for the economy. He can't help it. But if you take away most of his money, then most of his money doesn't get invested. And new jobs don't get created. New opportunities aren't born. They think, well, if, if we give that money to poor people, they'll go out and spend it, and that'll drive the economy. The problem is, once it's gone, it's gone. It doesn't create wealth. He is creating wealth. And second, it disincentivizes going to work. You take all that money and you give it to somebody who hasn't earned it, allow them to exist without working, and you've taken away their motivation for working. My cousin just sent me a piece, and it is perfect timing. I mean, literally, she sent this to me while we're on the air. It's out of the Cleveland Pain Dealer. Uh, talking about uh, this household. Uh, the author writes, I'm fascinated by a family living on the edge of my hometown for at least 20 years. The nine members of this family, that's in quotes, has been existing largely to play video games. It seems, uh, at least it seems that way. And, and they laze around that the two-bedroom ranch house that's deteriorating around them. One of the men uh, in the family has fathered three children by three mothers, some of whom live in the home. How do they support themselves? Well, among other things, apparently, uh, food uh, comes through government programs, and they go to the food bank, the food pantry. Uh, there are government programs that are keeping them. This is what happens when you give people money to live on. You've taken away their motivation to get out of bed in the morning. When I was working for the uh, Economic Policy Institute, uh, the, not, not ECPI, not, not the left-leaning left one, uh, we were doing studies on minimum wage. And we discovered that a lot of these welfare recipients don't have an alarm clock because they don't have a need to get up at a certain time. I have always had an alarm clock. I have an alarm clock now. Whether it's my phone or the clock beside the bed, I've always got it just in case because I have an obligation. I have to be sure that I'm up and, and doing my job. But you take away the motivation to get a job, you don't need an alarm clock. Just sleep till you wake up. The left don't get that. Instead, they want to take money from the rich and pretend it's like the monkey with the bananas. It's insane, and it's economic ignorance. Tony in Fordland, good morning. Good morning. I'm going to tie this to what you started out with at 9 a.m. At 9 a.m., you mentioned about Biden and Republicans, too, printing money out of control and, and uh, the, the thought of, a, in a few years, of us having an economic downfall. Let me ask you a question, Gary. So... 
put yourself in the left side of the ring there for a minute. I mean, go all the way to the farthest left part of the ring. Oh, so out of this ring, you hurts. can't stand the way the America is now. You got rich people everywhere hoarding the money. You got businesses that don't donate. They just keep their profits. They're so evil. What is the one thing you can do to destroy that? Torpedo the economy. So if you torpedo the economy by pumping it full of cash and just brim it all the way out and then throw a little bit more in there for extra, you'll bring the economy to its knees. What is the one thing you need, much like the Russian Revolution, to bring it to its knees and change the way, the direction it's going in? All right, let's see. You take the patents off the pharmaceuticals so the pharmaceuticals don't print nothing. Then when they do decide to make up some pills, they're going to make it really high price so the only folks that with a, with a pocket full of money can afford them. Then you've got something to cry about. Well, they don't care about our health. They don't care that we eat. They don't care where we live. They don't care this. They don't care that. You can break up this economy. You can break this country in less than five years if you keep printing for many different reasons, whether it's for ethanol or whether it's for welfare. It doesn't matter. These are all things that are building up to a, a crescendo that is going to break the country. That's how you flip this country from capitalism to socialism. And we're semi-socialist as it is. But you can go full board if you break the country's back. Yeah, that's and the that's, point of the whole thing. And that's exactly how we got where we're at from uh, Roosevelt. Uh, they broke the company's, uh, the country's back with that uh, depression uh, brought about by a trade war in the Federal Reserve. And uh, next thing you know, everybody's accepting government uh, programs. All right, Tony, i got to run. It sounds like Cloward and Pivot. Thank you for being with us. 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. It's the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 1054. Glad to have you with us. Coming up in the next hour, um, a murder in uh, Columbia. We'll talk with the news god, Brian Houseworth. He'll be on board with us. In the meantime, we were talking a little bit about economics, and I got a message from a listener, Charles. He said, one of your... One of your listeners called in with a book recommendation. I bought the book, and it explains away all progressive and socialist economic thought. The book is called Economics in One Lesson by Henry Hazlitt. Uh, I recommend it to everyone, especially young people, who will otherwise be cheated out of their lives. It, Hazlitt is brilliant, and yes, I, I recommend the book. Um, because kids are not being taught economics. I refer you back to this uh, Forbes meme, Forbes magazine meme, uh, about the monkey uh, with all the bananas. It's not analogous because bananas won't grow bananas. In other words, if he eats them or uh, hoards them, uh, it, it doesn't grow more bananas. But if you have a lot of money, you have to put it somewhere. And it pretty much doesn't matter where you put it, it's good for the economy. There's just no other way around it. You know, we've, we talked about this on the air uh, uh, several times in the past. If you took that money and you stuffed it in your mattress, well, that would be good for inflation. If you went out and, uh, you know, invested in the market, that would give corporations the flexibility to expand, to create new jobs. And that's why they sell their shares. It's so they can have money to invest in the, co in the company. Instead of going to a bank and having a monthly nut that they have to crack every single uh, month, they could just give you a share of the company, 
pay you a portion of the dividends and it may get good or it may go down, but they'd stay in business at least, or at least have a shot at it. So it's good for the economy. And if they bought yachts and houses and and uh, expensive automobiles, salespeople, bricklayers, uh, you know, masons, uh, electricians, plumbers, they'd all go to work. They almost can't help themselves. But if you're economically ignorant, you don't see that. You think a monkey hoarding bananas is the same as a wealthy person not being forced to give their money to the government. They're not analogous. They really are not. Um, there is a, 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 a commercial. It's actually... It's, it's not real. It, it, apparently, the Trump people made this humorous uh, pro-Trump uh, uh, video. And it, it involves NBC. And NBC wants it taken down. I guess they must have used artificial intelligence. But they started off with a reporter uh, from NBC and it was, you know, kind of a, a straight piece appeared to be right from news coverage. But then goes on to rip apart Trump's opponents. And it's clearly not the guy. I mean, there, there are expletives. I was going to play it on the air, and, and, and uh, it, uh, by the time I got all of the swear words off of the uh, video, it was unairable. There was, it just wouldn't make any sense. But they're suggesting that somebody might just hear that and think it's real. Like, when's the last time you turned on TV and heard an NBC News reporter using the F word, uh, huh? Uh, or uh, some of the other expletives in this piece? That's nonsense. Uh, but they want it taken down. I don't know if they've got a case or not, but it, it, was, it was a funny video. I will give them that. It, it's full of words you can't use on the radio, but it was a, a funny video. And NBC is... Not happy. But if AI has the ability to do what they did, I mean, they took this guy's voice and really, it sounded it sounded good. It sounded just like him. But still, you you know it's not. You know it can't be. That would never have been uh, never been allowed to air. Apparently, Vivek Ramaswamy went in the men's comfort station and he had a hot mic with him. People are playing that all over the place. I don't know that he said anything wrong. I actually don't think he said anything wrong at all. Fat Pride, the new battleground in America's culture wars. And a murder in Columbia coming up on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show.